0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about finding a therapist who can help you heal. Uh, You'll be learning how to choose the right therapist, get the most out of your therapy or counseling sessions, and evaluate your treatment progress. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. So let's get started. As I said, we are going to learn how to choose the right therapist, get the most out of your therapy or counseling sessions, and evaluate your treatment progress. So, Let's start out with how therapy and counseling can help. Therapy can be an effective treatment for a host of mental and emotional problems. Simply talking about your thoughts and feelings with a a supportive person can often make you feel better. It can be very healing in and of itself uh, to voice your worries or talk about something that's weighing on your mind. And, It feels good to be listened to, to know that someone else cares about you and wants to help. While it can be very helpful to talk about your problems to close friends and family, uh, sometimes you need help that the people around you aren't able to provide. When you need extra support and outside perspective, or some expert guidance, talking to a therapist or counselor can help. While the support of friends and family is important, therapy is different. Therapists are professionally trained listeners who can help you get to the root of your problems, overcome emotional challenges, and make positive changes in your life you don't have to be diagnosed with a mental health problem to benefit from therapy. Many people in therapy seek help for everyday concerns, Uh, for example, relationship problems, job stress, or self-doubt, for example. Uh, Others turn to therapy during, during difficult times, such as a divorce. But in order to reap its benefits, it's Important to choose the right therapist, someone you trust who makes you feel cared for and has the experience to help you make changes for the better in your life. A good therapist helps you become stronger and more self-aware. A lot of folks ask why therapy and not medication? The thought of being able to solve your problems by taking a pill each day can sound quite appealing. If only it was that easy. Uh, Mental and emotional problems have multiple causes and medication is not a one-stop cure, nor is therapy. Medication may help ease certain symptoms, but it comes with side effects. Furthermore, it cannot solve the big picture problems. Medication won't fix your relationships, help you figure out what to do with your life, or give you insight into why you continue to make unhealthy choices. Therapy can be time-consuming and challenging as uncomfortable emotions and thoughts often arise as part of the treatment process. However, the therapy provides long-lasting benefits beyond symptom relief. Therapy gives you the tools for transforming your life, for relating better to others, building the life you want for yourself, and coping with whatever curveballs are thrown your way. I'm going to talk about some myths about therapy. The first myth, I don't need a therapist. I'm smart enough to solve my problems. Well, the fact is, we all have our blind spots. Intelligence has nothing to do with it. A good therapist doesn't tell you what to do or how to live your life. He or she will give you an experienced outside perspective and help you gain insight into yourself so you can make better choices. Second myth, therapy is for crazy people. The fact is, therapy is for people who have enough self-awareness to realize they need a helping hand and want to learn tools and techniques to become more self-confident and emotionally balanced. Next myth is, all therapists want to talk about is my parents. Fact While exploring family relationships can sometimes clarify thoughts and behaviors later in life, that is not the sole focus of therapy. The primary focus is what you need to change, unhealthy patterns and symptoms in your life. Therapy is not about blaming your parents or dwelling in the past. Last myth, therapy is self-indulgent. It's for whiners and complainers. The fact is, therapy is hard work. Complaining won't get you very far. Improvement in therapy comes from taking a hard look at yourself and your life and taking responsibility for your own actions. Your therapist will help you, but ultimately, you're the one who must do the work. With that said, Finding the right therapist will probably take some time and work, but it's worth the effort. The connection you have with your therapist is essential. You need someone who you can trust, someone you feel comfortable talking to about difficult subjects and intimate secrets, someone who will be a partner in your recovery. Therapy won't be effective unless you have this bond, so take some time at the beginning to find the right person. It's okay to shop around and ask questions when interviewing potential therapists. Well, experience does matter. One of the main reasons for seeing a therapist rather than simply talking to a friend is experience. Look for a therapist who is experienced in treating the problems that you have. Often therapists, have special areas of focus, such as depression or eating disorders. Experienced therapists have seen the problems you're facing again and again, which broadens their view and gives them more insight. And for some problems, such as trauma or post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, seeing a specialist is absolutely essential. Many therapists practice a blend of orientations. However, it's a good idea to learn about the different treatment types because that can affect your therapist's way of relating and the suggested length of treatment. You want to check licensing. Credentials aren't everything, but if you're paying for a licensed professional, make sure the therapist holds a current license and is in good standing with the state regulatory board. Regulatory boards vary by state and profession. Also check for complaints against the therapist. And it's important that you trust your gut. Even if your therapist looks great on paper, if the connection doesn't feel right, if you don't trust the person or feel like they truly care, go with another choice. A good therapist will respect this choice and should never pressure you or make you feel guilty. Some questions to ask yourself when choosing a therapist. Does it seem like the therapist truly cares about you and your problems? Do you feel as if the therapist understands you? Does the therapist accept you for who you are? Would you feel comfortable revealing personal information to this individual? Do you feel as if you can be honest and open with this therapist, that you don't have to hide or pretend you're someone that you're not? Is the therapist a good listener? Does he or she listen without interrupting, criticizing, or judging? Pick. Do they pick up on your feelings and what you're really saying? Do they make you feel heard? Those are some of the questions that you should ask. There are so many types of therapies and therapists, it might feel a little overwhelming to get started just remember that no one type of therapy is best. It all depends on your individual preferences and needs. It is true that certain techniques are more useful than others in dealing with specific types of problems, like phobias, for example. But in general, research about the best type of therapy always reaches the same conclusion, and that is, the philosophy behind the therapy is much less important than the relationship between you and your therapist. If you feel comfortable and trusting in that relationship, the model of therapy, like your car, is just the vehicle that will help you move forward to a more fulfilling life. This will happen regardless of the circumstances that brought you to therapy. Common types of therapy. Most therapists don't limit themselves to one specific type of therapy. Rather, they blend different styles in order to best fit the situation at hand. This approach gives the therapist many powerful tools However, they often have a general orientation that guides them. Uh, Number one, individual therapy. Individual therapy explores negative thoughts and feelings, as well as the harmful or self-destructive behaviors that might accompany them. Individual therapy may delve into the underlying causes of current problems, such as unhealthy relationship patterns or a traumatic experience from your past but the primary focus is on making positive changes in the present. There is also family therapy. Family therapy involves treating more than one member of the family at the same time to help the family resolve conflicts and improve interaction. It is often based on the premise that families are a system. If one role in the family changes, all are affected and need to change their behaviors as well. There's also group therapy. Group therapy is facilitated by a professional therapist and involves a group of peers working on the same problems such as anxiety, depression, or substance abuse, for example. Group therapy can be a valuable place to practice social dynamics in a safe environment and to find inspiration and ideas from peers who are struggling with the same issues. And then there's couples therapy or marriage counseling. Couples therapy involves the two people in a committed relationship. People go to couples therapy to learn how to work through their differences communicate better and problem solve challenges in the relationship. Now, there is also online therapy. Online therapy allows you to access professional help from anywhere you have a reliable internet connection. While it's a relatively new form of therapy, Evidence suggests that for many people, it can be just as effective as traditional in-person therapy. Talking to a mental health provider from your own home using a live video chat can help you avoid the expense, travel time, and inconvenience of having to meet in person at the therapist's office. Being in a familiar, comfortable environment can even make it easier for you to talk openly about your issues, whether individually or as a couple or family. While online therapy can have some drawbacks, and it isn't right for everyone, if the hassle and expense of taking time off work, traveling to appointments, fighting traffic, sitting in a waiting room, or hiring a child minder has prevented you from seeking therapy in the past, online therapy could be the solution. Now, there are psychologists, social workers, licensed clinical social workers, marriage and family therapists, and psychiatrists. Uh, Psychologists have a doctoral degree in psychology and are licensed in clinical psychology. A social worker, a licensed clinical social worker, uh, has a master's degree in social work, along with additional clinical training. Marriage and family therapists have a master's degree in clinical experience in marriage and family therapy. A psychiatrist is a physician who specialized in mental health because they are medical doctors, psychiatrists can prescribe medication. Psychologists, social workers, marriage and family therapists cannot prescribe medication. Only a psychiatrist or a nurse practitioner uh, may prescribe medication. So what can you expect in therapy or counseling even uh, every therapist is different but there are usually some similarities in how therapy is structured normally sessions will last about an hour and take place around once a week although for more intensive therapy they may be scheduled more often therapy is normally conducted in the therapist's office but therapists also work in hospitals and long-term care facilities, and in some cases will conduct home visits. You want to expect a good fit between you and your therapist. Don't settle for ba- for a bad fit. You may need to see one or more therapists until you feel understood and accepted. Don't give up. Remember, therapy is a partnership. Both you and your therapist contribute to the healing process. You're not expected to do the work of recovery all by yourself, but your therapist can't do it for you either. Therapy should feel like a collaboration. Therapy will not always feel pleasant. Painful memories, frustrations, or feelings might surface. This is a normal part of therapy, and your therapist will guide you through this process. Be sure to communicate with your therapist about how you are feeling. Therapy should be a safe place. While at times you feel challenged or face unpleasant feelings, you should always feel safe. If you are starting to feel overwhelmed or you're dreading your therapy sessions, talk to your therapist. The first sessions or two of therapy is a time for mutual connection and a time for the therapist to learn about you and your issues. The therapist may ask for a mental and physical health history. It's also a good idea to talk to the therapist about what you hope to achieve in therapy. Together, you can set goals and benchmarks that you can use to measure your progress along the way. This is also an important time for you to evaluate your connection with your therapist. Do you feel like your therapist cares about your situation and is invested in your recovery? Do you feel comfortable asking questions and sharing sensitive information? Remember, your feelings as well as your thoughts are important. So if you're you're just feeling uncomfortable, don't hesitate to consider another therapist. Everyone's treatment is different. How long your therapy lasts depends on many factors. You may have complicated issues or a relatively straightforward problem that you want to address. Some therapy treatment types are short-term while others may last longer. Practically, your insurance coverage might limit you. However, discussing the length of therapy is important to bring up with your therapist at the beginning. This will give you an idea of goals to work towards and what you want to accomplish. Don't be afraid to revisit this issue at any time as therapy progresses, since goals often are modified or changed during treatment. Making the most of therapy and counseling, and or counseling, actually. Uh, To make the most of therapy, you need to apply what you're learning in your sessions to real life. 50 minutes in therapy each week isn't going to fix you. It's how you use what you've learned in the rest of your time. Here are some tips for getting the most out of your sessions. Number one, make healthy lifestyle changes. There are many things you can do in your daily life to support your mood and improve your emotional health reach out to others for support, get plenty of exercise and sleep, eat well, make time for relaxation and play. The list goes on. Uh, Next, don't expect the therapist to tell you what to do. You and your therapists are partners in your recovery. Your therapist can help guide you and make suggestions for treatment, but only you can make the changes you need to move forward. You want to make a commitment to your treatment. Don't skip sessions unless you absolutely have to. If your therapist gives you homework in between sessions, be sure to do it. If you find yourself skipping sessions, you are reluctant to go, Uh, ask yourself why. Are you avoiding painful discussion? Did your last session touch a nerve? Talk about your reluctance with your therapist. And then share what you are feeling. You will get the most out of your therapy if you are open and honest with your therapist about your feelings. If you feel embarrassed or ashamed or something is too painful to talk about, don't be afraid to tell your therapist. Slowly, you can work together to get at the issues. Ask yourself, is therapy working? You should be able to tell within a session or two whether you and your therapist are a good fit. But sometimes you may like your therapist but feel that you aren't making progress. It's important to evaluate your progress to make sure you're getting what you need from therapy. Here's a word of caution. There is no smooth, fast road to recovery. It's a process that's full of twists, turns, and the occasional backtrack. Sometimes what originally seemed like a straightforward problem turns into a more complicated issue. Please be patient and don't get discouraged over temporary setbacks. It's not easy to break old, entrenched patterns. Remember that growth is difficult, and you won't be a new person overnight but you should notice positive changes in your life. Your overall mood might be improving. For example, you may feel more connected to family and friends or a crisis that might have overwhelmed you in the past. Doesn't throw you as much this time. So here's some tips for evaluating your progress in therapy. Uh, Ask yourself, is your life changing for the better? Look at different parts of your life, work, home, your social life. Are you meeting the goals you and your therapist have set? Is therapy challenging you? Is it stretching you beyond your comfort zone? Uh, Do you feel like you're starting to understand yourself better? Do you feel more confident and empowered? Are, Are your relationships improving? Your therapist should work with you. Re-evaluating your goals and progress as necessary. However, remember that therapy isn't a, a competition. You are not a failure if you don't meet your goals in the number of sessions that you originally planned. Focus instead on overall progress and what you've learned along the way. When to stop therapy depends on you and your individual situation. Ideally, you will stop therapy when you and your therapist have decided that you have met your goals. However, you may feel at some point that you have gotten what you need out of therapy, even if your therapist feels differently. Leaving therapy can be difficult. Remember that the therapeutic relationship is a strong bond, and ending this relationship is a loss, even if treatment has been successful. This is real life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.